and welcome back to another episode of the Move to Heal podcast. My name is Allie Hirschman. I'm Colleen Delaney. And I'm Ethan Hirschman. And we are the co-founders of Move to Heal. And we are so excited to welcome Joe Birchfield to our podcast today and have him share his story with all of us. Joe runs the Wednesday support meetings at CrossFit 401 in Rhode Island, which is one of our largest Move to Heal locations, hosting over 140 people per week at their meetings and their workouts. Joe, welcome to the Move to Heal podcast. It's great to be here. Thank you so much. Thanks for being here, Joe. So excited. So, Joe, um, we're going to kind of kick this off and uh, just wanted to say how glad um, that you're here today and uh, how happy we are to have you and glad you took the trip down. Um, So really, the uh, best way, I think, for us to kind of get started and open up is just to give you to give us a little bit of background on your story and and a little bit about your your path on on re- in recovery and that sort of thing a little a little bit of a backstory maybe before that too, um, so why don't we start with that and then that'll spark a bunch of questions and talk and discussion I think we go from there. Okay. So um, first of all, I feel uh, blessed. And I thank God for the position that I'm in right now. Back in 2010, I was an up-and-coming politician in Rhode Island. And I solicited and accepted uh, a bribe. And with that said, I was also at the time a functioning alcoholic and addict. What I did was 150% wrong. Um, I was... was Involved in something that uh, embarrassed not only myself, my family, and the people of my hometown in North Providence, but uh, it probably was extremely significant for me to be where I am today. So I solicited and accepted a bribe. I, uh, I was under investigation or surveillance for a couple of years and I was convicted, uh, and I ended up going away to prison for three and a half years uh, down in Cumberland, Maryland. About a year before I went to prison, um, after I got arrested, I was spiraling um, downhill really bad. Um, my addiction to opiates, my, my heavy drinking, and uh, there was about, uh, by the time I, from when I got arrested, about a month later, I finally broke down uh, and decided that I needed to go for help. It wasn't working anymore, and I needed help, and I couldn't do this anymore. It just wasn't working, and uh, I was failing at so much, and I was on my way to prison. So I went away to Butler Hospital, and I went through a detox. Uh, I was there for about a week or so, and when I got out, um, I dove right into 12-step meetings, um, did 90 and 90, and um, I was on fire for, um, for my recovery. Mm. And um, I was sober 11 months before I went to prison, except I was still being prescribed um, Suboxone, which I don't know if we have time to get into all of that, but that was... Um, that was something that that really devastated my life um, while I was on Suboxone. And that's to keep you from uh, craving opioids. Correct. Right? Correct. So I was sober 11 months, but I was bil- still being prescribed 
the Suboxone. I went to prison, and I was told by many people that it was going to be really difficult to get off the Suboxone. Um, I met with the psychiatrist when I got to prison, and uh, she told me that they were going to wean me off of it. Uh, she was going on vacation for Fourth of July weekend, I remember. She said, if anything happens to you or you need me for anything, I'm going to be on vacation, but just come to my office and tell them that you're one of my special ones. So they took me off the Suboxone while she was gone, and uh, it was cold turkey, and um, I had five sleepless days and nights. Mm. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm not exaggerating, five sleepless days and nights. And I went to her office, and um, I had, it was a confrontational situation with the gentleman that was running the show in her office. And I said, well, the doctor said for me to come here if I was having a problem that I was one of her special ones. He said, no one's special, get the fuck out of here. Wow. And I left, and then that night, I, um, I used to like to take warm showers because it made me comfortable, but I had restless legs so bad when I would lay down. So I took a hot shower, I came out of the shower, and there were these cinder block walls, and um, I started smashing my head up against the cinder block walls. And I remember pointing to the left side of my forehead, and I said, if I hit that spot, the pain will be equal all the way across. I need to hit that spot the next time I hit my head. That was the reasoning that, wow. that I was wow. having. So um, needless to say, um, there was a guy there uh, by the name of uh, Bernie Carrick. He was the police commissioner in New York City. He got in some trouble um, when, when he was involved um, down there. And um, he was serving time with me. But he ended up going to get a guard. And they ended up putting me. Um, they thought I was trying to kill myself. Mm. Um, I ended up uh, in the hospital. They induced me in a coma. I don't know how long I was in a coma for. Um, but when I got out, um, I knew I was hungry. Mm. And I was shackled to the bed. And uh, they fed me and went back to, uh, back to the prison. It was a prison camp in Cumberland, Maryland. I had two black eyes um, from banging my forehead and the blood rushing down. And um, from that point on, my life seemed to get better. Wow. Um, um, the beginning of, of prison was, was very challenging, but um, it got better and better. And at that time, I also soon thereafter um, met some guys who were doing CrossFit in the yard. <laughs> mm. And um, I was um, 50 pounds overweight and um, everything was stiff. I couldn't do an air squat. And uh, I learned about carbs, protein and fat while I was in prison. And uh, I lost 50 pounds. Uh, my first workout had something to do with deadlifts and burpees, and I actually fainted in the yard. <laughs> and um, when I woke up, um, the guy, uh, Drew Palmer, um, he owns a CrossFit gym in Las Vegas now. He, he, I owe him so much, uh, along with so many other people that I met while I was away. But um, um, he's a dear friend. He helped change my life for the better. Uh, I also started uh, meetings while I was in prison. There were no meetings there. So um, I ended up losing 50 pounds. I was on fire for CrossFit, on fire for my sobriety. We helped as many people as we could with sobriety and CrossFit while we were in prison. Um, we weren't supposed to be doing it at the time. And now I'm happy to say that um, CrossFit is a really big thing in a, in a lot of prisons um, wow. um, throughout the country. Um, and when I got out, um, I couldn't wait to start to compete. 
And uh, I started competing for my age group, and um, things are starting to slow down. My knees aren't cooperating with me um, lately. But, I hear um, that. <laughs> but um, it's, uh, you know, the move to heal uh, uh, situation um, has been a big part of my sobriety, meaning uh, working out has been a big part of my sobriety. Um, um, along with therapy that um, I also started before I went to prison. Uh, my therapist recently re retired, so um, I know that um, Move to Heal office therapy, and we have a couple of great um, therapists up there mm -hmm. that, uh, um, that I hope to uh, start to see soon. So That's awesome. That's, the, that's kind of the short Talk story. about turning a negative into a positive. Totally. It's like while you're there, you're like, let me make the best of this, and really changed my life and really begin to heal there was a point where um you know i'm 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 fortunate to have a really close-knit family so um you know when when i went away um my parents would send me money where i would be able to spend um in the canteen to buy certain things and mm -hmm. stuff um, and a lot of people aren't as fortunate, but in the beginning, it was all about food, you know, buying the candy and eating the mm -hmm. pasta and, you know, the feel good food. And, and that's what I thought that that I was going to do, like, yeah. just try to, like, you know, feed myself mm -hmm. all this yeah. junk stuff. And then one day I saw these guys working out doing like buddy carries in, in prison. And I'm like, everybody was making fun of them. Like, you know, you're in all male prison and, and like guys are carrying each other on each other's back. Like how stupid. And then I'm like, wow, this one guy that came in, he had a beer belly and in like three months he had a six pack and it was <laughs> crazy. And I'm like, I need that. I need to leave mm -hmm. this place better than I came. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, I, I it was it was inspiring that that I was able to realize that I wanted to leave there better than I came in because I know someone just texted me last week that that they really looked up to me because you know I've I've been home now almost ten years and um, I pretty much stayed um, focused on becoming a better person each and every day. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. that I that one day at a time type of situation. Um, some days are easier than others, but mm -hmm. um, that's... Yeah, I think and, that's And you go amazing. into, like, you know, you went into prison, and while you were there, you worked on your spirituality, your mental, physical, mm -hmm. and that's yeah. really what Move to Heal is about, all about, you know, attacking all three of those. Yeah. So, you know, when you're in prison, you have a lot of time to think, and I'm like, all right, what am I going to do when I get out? You know, it's certainly not going to be politics. So, <laughs> yeah, so, right. so, so, you know, I start thinking of different things and, and, you know, um, Ethan, I know you were in recovery a long time and I know you help a lot of people in, in, you know, my parents brought me and my brothers up to, to, to give back. And, um, you know, 12 step work is, you know, 12 step is, is about giving back and helping others. So I wanted to try to find something for the longest time to be able to do that and incorporate that with working out. And, um, if I can segue in, into the next thing is my buddy Pat, um, who's in uh, um, in recovery. I know he doesn't mind me saying that. Um, he's friends with someone on your board, I believe. Cam. Cam. Um, yeah. Cam. Cam. That's Cam. how we got connected Cam. with yeah. 401. So, oh, wow. so 
um, you know, Pat told me about it. And then when you guys came up um, for the first meeting, I met Cam, I met all of you. And um, <laughs> even and I um, partnered it, together, partnered together that night. And I was supposed to answer a bunch of questions about, I don't know, your favorite dog, what you do for work, this, that, and the other. <laughs> thing. It, it was the funny. It was the funniest thing. You, you know, where uh, Ray had put on these yeah. sort of icebreakers for the partners, right? To, to kind of get to know right. each other during the workout. And one of them was like, you know, tell your 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 favorite pet's name and. We had two minutes, you know, and Joe, in two minutes, told me the whole story he just told you. Wow. And at the end, I go, uh, so what's your pet's <laughs> name? <laughs> I love that. I, 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 I made a promise to God that I was going to continue telling my story, and I don't care about my anonymity or not, because if I can just help one person, mm. um, I know it'll make a difference. And that's mm. what, that's what you know, when, when, when Pat and Cam and, and, and introduced um, the program, Move to Heal, um, to our, our gym, it was like, wow, this is, this is what I wanted to do. Yeah. So me being a part of it, and then you guys asked me to, to run the meetings, and we started running the meetings on Wednesdays, and it just got too busy. I, I mean, we went from the smaller room to the bigger room, and, and now we had, to have, we had to add another day. So we do it on Saturday mornings, too. Um, Shana runs Because uh, you're having, like... Upwards so of seventy people, people at 16, a meeting. Incredible. It's, 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 yeah. it's, it's truly, truly amazing. And there's so many repeats. And you know, it it's unfortunate because there are a lot of people you still get close to. It's like going to meetings mm. and, and helping people, you know, in twelve in, in step meetings. You, you get but just some people don't get it. But but you know, I try not to let that deject me or bring me down because there are so many people that are coming back yeah. and helping and our community is so close. It's so cool. Um, Julie's the therapist up there. Everybody mm-hmm. loves her. Um, great. Yeah, she, yeah. The whole the whole experience. It, it, it's it's an experience going to a four hundred one meeting mm-hmm. because it's it's a really big meeting. But just because it's big, it it's still so intimate mm-hmm. because you do such an amazing job of running the meetings Thank and you. Shana as well. And when I go, every single time I see the same people and I see how far they've come in their like healing journey Mm -hmm. which is the most amazing part of my job you know seeing people get better and become better versions of themselves and it's really you you inspire everybody there and and your story because you're so vulnerable and you share the bad parts it allows other people to open up about their stuff and not feel so alone that's what i've learned you know if if i speak from the heart and tell my story on what i did and what i've been through i usually get people to tell me what's going on with them because without that it's very difficult to get people you know to tell you what's going on in their yeah. lives um, but I, I, I appreciate the compliments towards me, but we have a really cool team. You know, Shayna um, running the Saturday meetings, um, uh, Colleen running the workouts on Saturdays. Um, Jen and Ray are just amazing on what they do for the whole community, um, what they bring to the table. Um, it, we all bring something different and it works. It's just, uh, it, it's just a cool experience. And if you haven't um, 
if you haven't been, you need to just stop by. Yeah. And some people are afraid to, to come and work out. Like, I haven't worked <laughs> out in years or mm -hmm. I can't. And it's, you know, everything's scalable. Mm -hmm. Everything's scalable. So it doesn't matter if you haven't worked out in years or never worked out before. Um, and, you know, a, a, a woman came Wednesday night and, and you could tell that, that she was nervous and scared. And Ray taught a really advanced movement Wednesday night, um, Turkish get-ups. And it, it's tough, and, and, and it was her first time, and, and, and we were like, it's okay. We, we could just do a burpee. Fall on the ground and get up, and, mm -hmm. and, and yeah, we'll right. try to get up. Yeah. Exactly. And we were helping her, you know yeah, what I mean? It, but, so, but what's really cool is besides the move part, the working out part, is we have a really eclectic clientele or group of people, mm. you know, um, Nurses, doctors, I could attest police, to that, yeah. firemen, housewives, laborers. You guys are very family-like. And that is why your your location is so successful because someone could come in and there could be a movement like that, but you are all so welcoming and you all gravitate towards the new people mm -hmm. to help them. Not just the coaches. The coaches do that, but you guys do yeah, as well. The, the and that is yeah. huge. And yeah. that's why we partner with gyms with existing communities for that exact reason. Mm -hmm. It's important. It's important. Um, it's it's a wonderful experience. It's tough to get through the door for the first time, but we all do um, a pretty good job yeah. with welcoming people um, and trying to get them to come back uh, because I think we all, I, even if, if there are certain people that belong to our gym didn't have this opinion going into it once they start coming on a regular basis it's um it's it, the energy like you see that it works yeah it right. works yeah. this whole move to heal thing works mm -hmm. so if you so give cool. it a chance and put your heart and soul into it you're gonna change mm. you're gonna see a difference in yourself yeah we've seen yeah, we've seen that with people that just come to support another family member at a meeting and then they come again and then all of a sudden they're coming all the time and mm -hmm. it's like they didn't realize how helpful it was yeah. to them. Mm -hmm. you yeah. know, some people don't even realize they have problems yep. until they get there and they listen to people and like, oh my God, this person's talking about something I would never yep. even well, expose to anybody. Well, right. I'll, I'll, I'll enlighten you all on, on something. Um, my daughter w started coming. My daughter, who's here today, my daughter Eva, um, um, came to support me um, for the for this. Uh, she was coming. Uh, she was suffering from anx some anxiety, and now she doesn't mind me saying it. She, um, last summer, so I invited her to the meetings and the workouts, and she was coming with me. And um, I said to my wife, "You should come to support Eva and I at these meetings." So she's like. Okay, I'll come. And, and, and now my wife hasn't missed a meeting in well over a year, and um, they call her the mom and me the pop. Yeah. And, and How has that helped your your dynamic, like with the three of you in the meetings? Not only the meetings, but I see a difference in my marriage. My wife and I, um, we've always had, you know, a, a, my my wife is just so loyal and such a an amazing. <laughs> she's an amazing woman um and and she's stuck with me through a lot of difficulty and a lot of tough times um but 
um, our, I, I believe that our relationship has even grown and, and I owe a lot of it to move to heal to, to our relationship. And, and, uh, I'm very proud of my daughter, um, but I miss her because she's uh, she's at school. So when she does come home, she came she came Wednesday night, um, and and she'll probably come next Wednesday night uh, to move to heal. But I miss her. I miss her in the meetings because mm. it's so cool, and everybody notices. Like it's like you know, my wife will be sharing about something about how she loves the community, and I'm like, well, what about me? Do you love me? And everyone will laugh, mm-hmm. and, and and it's it's pretty cool. So yeah, the she's, di- yeah. The you guys are amazing. Are really cool. And I Issa, too, uh, when we had the photo shoot at 401, mm-hmm. she spoke and, you know, talked about her journey with, yeah. you know, alongside you and what she went through. And uh, she just has such a positive outlook on life. And it's it was really inspiring to hear yeah. what she had to say. I love that. And Joe, I wanted to ask you, because I know a lot of people right now are listening that have a family member that's either in um, recovery or active addiction right now. What do you feel you needed the most when you were either actively using, and you said a functioning alcoholic? Mm -hmm. Okay. Like, what did that look like? Like, functioning alcoholic? Like, you're working, you're in politics, all of that. How did, did you know that you had an issue at that time? I haven't shared this with a lot of people, but um, I... I well, now you're going to share it with a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I, my, um, my primary care physician, um, who I've been seeing uh, for probably over 25, maybe 30 years, uh, I went for a physical. I go for a physical every year. I went for a physical, and uh, while I'm in an appointment, I said to him that I was taking Vicodin, uh, for recreational use. Mm-hmm. That was the beginning of my recovery. This was this was a couple of years before I got arrested. Okay. Uh, I admitted to him that mm. I had a problem. Mm. I didn't say it was a problem. I just admitted to him that I was using it. But right. why else would I have said that? Because right. I knew I w- it was part I knew of it you that right. wanted help, yeah. right? And you didn't even know it, right? Yeah. Wow. And. Uh, and he hooked me up with uh, with therapists and stuff, and, and, and I I tried it, and I wasn't ready. I, I wasn't ready, and and you know I remember going to a therapist, and I'd be going drinking before I went to the meeting. Mm-hmm. It, it, it was it gives me chills just saying that, but but like I said, my, my, my life is pretty much an open book. So um, that that. That was what it kind of looked like. So, in other words, I was I was to get by the days. I was I was eating pills of of, of Vicodin and whatever Percocets or in, in advance to Oxycontin, mm-hmm. and you know I wasn't. We didn't keep liquor in the house, um, but but I needed the pills close by, um, and I didn't realize I was just trying to mask the pain and get away from the pain. And, mm-hmm. and I can't tell you what the pain was, but whether it was, you know, I suffer from anxiety and depression and now I have so many different tools that I've learned in recovery mm-hmm. and, um, working out and, and move to heal is, is part of, and I tell that to people like, you know, when, when I, this morning I went, I went to, 
an AA meeting and, and you know they they announce or are they any announcements and I and I share about move to heal and I said it's a it's another opportunity for you to put more tools in your tool belt mm-hmm. right um, right but but getting back to you know I, I remember I was the town council president I remember running meetings and and I was drunk and high and and not many people but no one really knew because mm-hmm. I wasn't sloppy I got sloppy at the end no doubt mm-hmm. um, that last month that I told you about um, earlier um, it got really sloppy for me but for for uh, for a long time um, I was I I was able to operate um on a daily basis um and 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 i was i was drinking or high a combination of both so you know there are people out there that that don't even realize or 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 they're ashamed to the stigma is changing a lot Mm -hmm. yeah Um, it's changing a lot and people a lot more people are, are are looking for help or trying to get help or you know they don't know where to begin, mm-hmm. and you know I um, on social media I'm I'm always letting people know that I'm available. Uh, try to point them in the yeah. right direction. Yeah. Anyway, right. it's yeah. not like yeah. I can help. You know everybody. There mm-hmm. are some people who come to move to heal that you know I I can get a good grasp that you know this is not going to be the only thing that they need. Mm-hmm. They, they right. need professional right. help. Yeah. Sure. And and there's there's those people out there. Um and I can't help those people. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I, I can I can assist them as best I can, mm-hmm. but but they need professional help. So okay. so that's what so I hope I answered your question. Yeah, yeah. no, absolutely so, so speaking of that, just a sorry segue okay, or uh, just a second question. In terms of family support, what was it that you really needed when you started recovery when when you got sober what was the most helpful thing um you know from family friends i know not everybody has what i have Mm -hmm. and i actually i actually feel for those people because i'm i'm really truly blessed in this department Mm. um but starting with my wife and my daughter um supporting but my mom, my dad, my brothers, um, their spouses and children have all been extremely supportive in my recovery um, mm. from the beginning um, up until now. Um, they'll come to meetings with me if, if wow. I ask them to come, yeah. um, and uh, especially um, when, I, when I celebrate another anniversary or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm. Um, I had my dad come to a Move to Heal meeting and speak. Oh, uh, they, they loved him. Yeah. Oh, that's great. And he was just coming to support me, you know. Yeah. And uh, my dad likes likes the spotlight at times. But <laughs> he's so damn proud of me. And, oh. and you know, both my brothers are too. And it's uh, I'm lucky. I'm really lucky to be able mm-hmm. to, to have them in my life. Um, they come to me for advice now. It wasn't always like that, mm. you know. Um, they they call and, and ask certain questions yeah. about different things, mm. and uh, you know, I'm I'm blessed. And and I I the reason why we keep going to meetings is because we need the reminders on why we should keep going to meetings. Because yeah. there are mm-hmm. people who stop going to meetings, and I don't ever want to be that guy. Yeah. Um, I don't ever want to be that person uh, because I like to keep it fresh. I like to see um, 
to continue on with my sobriety. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. I, and I know it's one day at a time, but um, I, I try to get to at least, besides move to heal, try to get to at least one 12-step meeting uh, a, a week. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah. That's great. It's so, so interesting because when, when we interviewed E, I asked him that question. He's almost 30 years sober. I'm like, and you still go to all these meetings? And that was the exact answer yeah. that he gave to. Yeah, yeah. because really we, learn, we learn from others. Yeah. And, well, and part of the disease is to forget. You know, mm -hmm. someone... Someone, someone said it this morning um, at the meeting that that they didn't like the term "stick with the winners." Stick with the winners, um, uh, and what they said, I never heard anyone explain it that way because everyone who shows up to a meeting is a winner. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it 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 really made me think twice about that because mm -hmm. I always was one stick with the winners, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but everyone that shows up to the meeting is a winner because it's tough enough to get to a meeting yeah. to stay sober for one day. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I've gravitated to and I've listened to people who were successful in their sobriety. And that's what I think that that, that, that means, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. um, stick with the winners. Like, you know, listen to the people who have some long-term sobriety, who, who, are, who are smiling, who are helping others, who, who are getting by each day um, um, as best as possible. Yeah, you've, you've truly mastered turning your pain into power. Sure. And I think that is the message that you rely to everyone at CrossFit 401 to empower them. And everything that you've been through is has like brought you to this present moment and made you who you are. And now you can spread that light with everyone. I appreciate you saying that. And it's, uh, you know, I don't like to be held up here because I know that I could be knocked down. There are people, again, going to meetings that you hear 10 years sobriety, 20 years sobriety, and, and they go out. And, and, and next thing you know, you know, something bad happens to them. So, you know, I, I, I try to keep it um, one day at a time. Um, and they're not all good days. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, they're not mm -hmm. all good moments. They're not all good days. Yeah. And no, we all have clay feet. But yeah. you inspire you inspire wow. me. I, I see you in the meeting. So I just, I hope you recognize that you really are changing lives and helping so many people. Thank you, Colin. Okay. I appreciate it. Yeah. It's, 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 it's an amazing thing, Joe. You've done a lot. I, I am, I do want to go back to, I hadn't heard your story in that detail before. And, uh, and just curious about, you know, you, you got arrested and then you hit your bottom, right? And you got clean. If I got that right. Yes. Um, and then you had another bottom in jail, basically. And yeah. it might have been a physical, might have been emotional and physical. Yeah. But I'd like to between you know those two instances, if you could describe a little bit about because there's people listening that are right there right now. Maybe not in prison, maybe not, you know, in, in the exact same physical situation that you were in, but they're in that emotional situation. Mm. And I, I want you to talk a little bit about that first leap after getting arrested, like what that was like, and then what actually was going on emotionally when you were in jail and you were smashing your head against the wall. Because to me, that sounds like, yeah, I hit bottom, and then there might have been a little bit of a trap door. Mm. So even in sobriety. Let's talk about, remind me to tell you about, about the prison, just in case we get I get sidetracked. But before I went to prison... Um, I resigned from, from all my jobs that I had, and, and a cousin of mine 
offered me a position to help him out at um, at his office, and I was working there. And a buddy of mine came by to visit, and uh, was talking to me. Um, and the conversation wasn't going so well, so I left work, and um, I went drinking, and I had to pick up my daughter from school. Uh, and at the time, she was, I believe, seven years old. Um, uh, and um, I picked her up, and and uh, it was. <laughs> It wasn't my proudest moment, but I was I was drunk, and um, I spoke to my wife on the phone, and uh, we were going to my parents' house. And the next thing I know, um, my brother Jimmy showed up, my older brother, and um, it was just him, and and he had everyone else leave, and um, we we had a one on one, and 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 that's when. Um, I felt as though I was at the lowest point of my life. Um, and um, I surrendered. I surrendered. I, it just, I just couldn't go on. It was, it was such a job to try to figure out being dope sick or you know, hungover or every day on how to put on this face, this, this face of um trying to get by and um and I'll never forget my 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 brother um I was crying and, and he didn't know I was drunk and um he hugged me when I told him that I was ready to go to the hospital to go, to go to Butler to get help and he said up until that moment until I started crying he didn't know I was drunk because he said when I started crying my tears smelled of vodka and you know um, it was uh, it was at that at that point, that was another changing moment in my life, and uh, and um, you know, once I got to prison, um, they 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 put me um, they put me in an area where they brought me to my bunk, and uh, and there was no, there was no mattress um, there for me, so I was with there were there was a room with six guys in it, three uh, three bunk beds. And uh, I had no mattress, and um, you know, my father, my father um, is uh, is been all over the world, uh, and, and is a very diverse individual. Came from nothing, and really made something for himself. And and he taught me and my brothers as most as possible. Introduced us to such an eclectic group of people from inner city to 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 you know to to the highest um, um, business people in the world, and. Um, I was I was with five guys in a room of you know inner city Baltimore guys and here I am this white collar guy and and um, yeah I was scared mm. I was scared and um, at the time my dad promotes um, boxing um, and at the time his fights always used to be on ESPN I used to do the ring announcing on ESPN with him until I got in trouble mm. and. Um, and when I started being able to prove myself um, to these guys was when the fights were on and, and my dad is promoting the fights. Mm -hmm. and, and that 
earned me a little bit credibility. And, and then once I started getting into CrossFit and, and losing the weight and everything, playing all different kinds of sports, it got easier and easier. And I was friends with everybody because I was there for, for a while compared to, to a lot of others that were at that particular facility because they offered a program called um, RDAP, um, where you can get time off of your sentence if you participated in a, a drug and alcohol program. Mm -hmm. um, because you don't get time off in the feds, but mm -hmm. but but that, um, and it was well documented that, that I was struggling. Um, but reeling back uh, to the second part of your mm -hmm. question uh, was, uh, boy, the night that, that I was hitting my head, um, I ended up, I ended up, Dr. Madison was the psychiatrist there, and she, um, she interviewed me for this RDAP program like a year after, a year and a half after I was already there. Mm -hmm. uh, so when I interviewed her, she had an intern with her, and she said, Birchfield, tell your story to, um, to the intern. And, and, and I told her a brief version of my story, and she said, pull out your ID card. And the ID card was before I lost the 50 pounds and before I shaved my head and, and stuff. And I was, it didn't look like me. They mm -hmm. actually, after that meeting, they had me go get a new picture. Mm -hmm. um, but um, I, I, I told my story at that time, and um, she said to me that... Uh, the psychiatrist said to the intern and to me, yeah, we, we, um, we don't allow anybody to come in who's, who's detoxing. Um, we don't allow them to come into the prison the any, anymore the way that we treated Birchfield. And I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, yeah. She says, we use you, we use you as an example around here. Uh, we don't want another Birchfield on our hands. And, and, and she described to me that she wanted to treat me one way to detox me off the Suboxone, but her superiors told her that, um, that no, we had to do it this way. Mm -hmm. and, and this way was cold turkey mm -hmm. and where she wanted to, to, I guess, wean me off another way. And, right. and, and, and um, she said, we had to induce Birchfield in a coma. And, um, and um, we almost lost him twice. So wow. hmm. I didn't know, didn't know I didn't that. know this um, up until that point. Yeah, so you're hearing that for the first time in that right. meeting. Right, right. so oh I, start, I start crying, and, and she says that, that I almost died twice. Um, well, that's the reason why they had to induce me in the coma, from me hitting my head um, the way I was. And um, it just inspires me now to, to be able to tell my story mm. because getting back to that person that you said earlier yeah. that isn't there yet, um, there's always hope. Yeah. Yeah. There's, oh, it's not, I don't care what age you are. I don't care whatever. There's always hope. Mm. Um, but you need to, you know, you, you need to be persistent. And, and, and I guess luck has a lot to do with it because the way that things happened in my life, I don't think, you know, I regret doing what I did. Um, to the people of not Providence and to everyone else who was affected um, in my state um, that, that doing what I did. But at the same time, it helped change me to the person that I am today. And it, it really saved my life. It, mm -hmm. it truly saved my life. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think that might have answered mm. the okay, two thank, questions. Yeah, totally, wow. totally. Thank you, Joe. That's, uh, that's, that's really amazing. I mean, and, and especially the... The part about the hope, right? Yeah. I mean, no matter where you are, 
Um, especially if you haven't, if you're near or haven't hit your bottom and your life is completely upside down and miserable. And the, and I know for me back then, you know, the only way out I saw was jumping off the roof, you know? Um, and, uh, I'm so glad that I didn't do that. I'm so glad that you didn't, you weren't successful with hitting your head a few more times, yeah, you know, right. and, uh, and, and ending it. Cause so many are, and, and for the people that are, that are that are there, like you know, at that point in their life where they think there's no hope, there is hope. And here's here's you know, mm. Joe is here to prove that to us, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, and uh, and and you know, don't ever give up. Yeah. Don't yeah. ever give up. Just but you do have to surrender. Mm. You have to surrender, and you have to show up. Mm-hmm. And you have to show up. You got to show up, and mm-hmm. and that's another slogan that we use at the gym. Just show up. It's free. Yeah, free. And, it's free. free. and that's ninety percent of, of you know. We talked about that uh, in in our opening podcast um, oh about just you know ninety percent is just showing up. Yeah. You don't have to and, do anything. And, and, and you know, coming from a little bit like a little street knowledge, a little street background, like you know, like you know, like nah, it's too good to be true. Nothing's free. Nothing's right. free in this world. Mm-hmm. Well, no, it's not free. You need to show up. Yeah. If right. you show up, right, you get free therapy. You get free nutritional counseling, mm-hmm. and you get a free gym membership. Mm. Show up, yeah, and a free community. And yeah. community, <laughs> yeah. There's so much more you get. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, there there's so many groups within our group. Like there there's there's. The you could see it in the yeah. meetings. Like there's a guy like, group yeah. that we have a, a that that we text every day, and yeah. I don't know. There's 10, 15 people in the group text. There's there's girls that that I know that have group text and there's other group text and and who's getting together for the holidays and, mm-hmm. and who's going to movies and who's going bowling or who's going to the 530 class uh, yeah. who's going to the 530 class yeah, yeah it, it's right. it's so, it's awesome. so everyone yeah. holds each other accountable well, and, that's and the way yeah. it is that's yeah. another reason why it works and it's yeah. so much easier to do something when somebody else calls you and says hey why don't you meet me at the gym yeah, so I've been sure. doing some rehabbing yeah. for my knees and in my elbow and we have a we're pretty lucky we have a physical therapist that works that rents space in, in the gym mm-hmm. so I've been seeing him and um, I've been doing some workouts by myself <laughs> and I, I'm like I miss the community I yeah. miss the community yeah. Yeah. it's hard it's, it it's is hard. Yeah. so we, we have an agreement you know I, I, I do um, I, I can do the, the group classes like twice a week and, mm-hmm. and the rest I have to do on my own so but amazing so um joe do you have anything else you'd like to say before we wrap things up i appreciate you guys inviting me to be on the podcast uh move to heal is such an amazing opportunity for anyone out there that is struggling with any mental health situation. It doesn't have to just be an addiction. It doesn't have to be an addiction at all. You know, there's there's probably close to half our members. I don't know what the numbers are, but I would bet it's close to half the members that that don't necessarily have a problem with drinking or drugging. Mm-hmm. It's you know anxiety, depression, PTSD. Mm-hmm. You know, we have you know, like I said earlier, we have firemen, policemen. Um, um, Emergency room nurses yeah. right, that right. just see stuff on a school teachers that that it's so tough to be a life school is teacher hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? life, life is, is hard. So everybody life needs support. Hard. So you know, the, you know, to 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 go for therapy is getting a little bit easier now, um, socially accepted, et cetera, et cetera, yeah, et cetera. Absolutely. But um, 
but this 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 program helps and, and I really encourage you to you know bring a friend if you're already going or if you haven't come yet just give it a try yeah Aww. thank Joe. you so much Joe. Love that. yeah that here. was so incredible so inspiring i'll say when we were talking about the podcast and guests you were like one yeah, of our top, top people of that yeah. we needed to get on here and um just so appreciate you taking the time to, to come down for this today if you guys have any questions, please visit us at www.movetoheelct.org or info at movetoheelct.org on Instagram at movetoheel.ct. My name is Allie Hirschman. I'm Colleen Delaney. I'm Ethan Hirschman. And thank you so much for listening in today. Joe, thank you so much. We so appreciate you. We'll catch you guys next time. Love you guys. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. Bye.